So I was always that weird kid growing up that when it came time for a snack or I needed something light, but I couldn't eat a meal, I would rather have like an apple or a carrot than a candy bar. Like I was like my, my food of choice since I was young was this right here. When I, when I wanted a snack, I didn't want a Snickers. I didn't want a Butterfinger. I didn't want a Twix. I wanted an apple. And maybe sometimes with a little bit of peanut butter. And if I couldn't get an apple, I would go for that banana. I would go for that carrot. I got to know, am I the only one? Is, was anybody else like me? Like you'd skip the sugar, go to the fruit. See, these are the real Christians. These are the real people that <laughs> special seat in heaven. Like we all going to be in heaven together. Okay. So, but see, here's what I learned. So I brought, I brought, this is like, seriously, one of my favorite snacks. Even to this day, I'll go home, cut up an apple. Again, maybe a little bit of that. Now it's, what is it, almond butter? Because peanut butter is not that healthy. Uh, so I'll just cut this up. But what I learned following Jesus, what I learned as, as a Christian is it's better, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So I could eat this whole thing in front of you and you could just be jealous wishing you could have my apple, but I want to share. And so what I want to do is I want to be a blessing to my church and I want to share the bliss that I get every time I eat an apple with some of y'all. And so I want to know, my friend Dean, I would love for you to take the first bite. Would you like the first bite of this apple? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to bless you. And that's not just, that's not Red Delicious. Red Delicious is bottom, that's bottom dwell. That's a really good apple. How are we doing? That's good. That's a good apple. All right, good apple. All right. But see, now I, I want to bless some of Jordan. It happens to be your birthday. So I want to bless you <laughs> as well, Jordan. Like, I just want, just bless you. Ha, ha, ha. Take the hand. I just, listen, Dean, it's too good not to share. So just wherever you want, just go ahead and have a bite. Oh, she's using two hands. This is, oh, How, that's pathetic. Let's see. I, I got I to gotta bless some other people. Let's, let's see. Brittany, I'm not going to do this to you, but, oh, but I will do it to your husband. So like, go ahead. Just take a bite. Just, I just want to share. I want to share in the wealth. Let's see. My man Ray standing in the back thinking you ain't going to get picked. All right, cool. Ray, I, I, listen, this is just too good not to share. Right. Ray, Ray's Kitchen. That's a good apple, right? Oh, man, he ain't playing games. He ain't playing games. The longest, the, possibly the longest hair in our church. You've been growing that, we said, seven years? Ten, ten years. Ten years, man. You can't grow that hair out and not be blessed by this, this fruit from, from the garden that God has provided. Oh, yeah. See, now... Now there's a, little bit there's a little bit less of this. There's still some good spots left, but I, I want to bless some more folks because nobody wants to be picked. Yeah, this, this, this group over here is like, do not come. Frank. Frank, I, you, you serve so faithfully here, bro. Like, <laughs> I would just love to bless you in front of your, your family. Your, would your daughter like to be blessed instead? Would you want it to? Okay, she, okay so Frank, there we go. All right, yeah. Ooh. Now this, and I, I wanted to save the last bite for my friend Stephen. You always come faithfully, the front row, Stephen. I mean, there's some good spots right there. Oh, dripping. Yeah, it's dripping, but it ain't apple juice. This is this is nasty. The saliva and man, we're in Florida. Who knows what else is going on up in here? Germs and bacteria. The rest is for me. No, listen, I'm just blessed to be a blessing. Like I can't let it stick to my hands. I don't, I don't want, I don't ever want anything that's supposed to come through me to stick to my hands. So, uh, so here's this apple and I love apples. I don't love this apple anymore, but I love apples and I wanted to share and I wanted to be blessed. Uh, and, and so I want to know, um, Dean, how did you feel getting the first bite? What was that like? That was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me ask uh, 
Ray, how did you feel getting like that middle bite? What was that like for you? And nah, nah, he's like, not, not that good. Um, Frank, what, how are you feeling uh, when I came and said, hey, Frank, I want to bless you with this apple. What, how are you feeling about that? Ish. Not ish. You said no way. You, you wouldn't even do it. She ate some because you wouldn't man up in front of your own family. <laughs> he, he's going to email me later like, look, hey, everybody in the church is sick, but I'm not. Joke's on you. <laughs> now, let me ask you this, Stephen, my friend Stephen, got to do your wedding last year. What, how did you feel getting the last bite? Blessed. Blessed. Man, you're way more spiritual than I am. <laughs> you're way more. Who got the second to last bite? Was it, it was Frank. Jo now, Jordan, you got the second bite, but you did it. I've never seen you look at me like that. You come serve here. How are you feeling about the second bite? Not exactly. Not exactly. So everybody except for Stephen, Dean was loving the first bite. You felt honor. You felt like a sense. But then we got around to here. Frank's like, nah, -uh, I'm not having it. I will punch you, pastor. <laughs> so what I hear us saying is we love getting the first bite, but we don't love leftovers. What I hear us saying is it wasn't as special. Oh, you're lucky. I didn't see you, Sean. Okay. <laughs> what we're saying is I don't want the leftovers. I don't want other people's saliva. I don't want the last bite. I don't, I want to be, if I'm, if I'm going to feel blessed, if I'm going to feel honored, I want first, right? Is that what we're saying? I wonder how many times this is what it looks like, what we give God. Our heart is to say, God, you're first. Our heart is to say, Jesus is Lord. Our intention is, but when it all shakes out, whether it's our time, our energy or our finances, which we've been talking about the last two weeks is our heart is to say Jesus is Lord, but really what we're doing is giving God the leftovers. I wonder how many times, intentionally or unintentionally, we just give God what's left, and God is maybe, maybe just saying, I have some things that I would activate and access in your life if you would learn what it means to put me first in everything. What if rather than God gets the leftovers, if there's anything left where there's not pieces hanging and saliva dropping, what if we said, hey, God, you go first. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We've been in this three-week series called How to Be Rich. And the point isn't about prosperity. The point isn't about getting rich. It's about taking a care of and it's stewarding well what God has given us. Because to most of the world, most of us are rich. So we're not talking about that. But we're talking about it's not about what we have, but it's what we do with what we have. And God knew from the beginning when this world broke that things and money and wealth and possession would really grab our hearts. And so that where that went, our heart would go. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Where your heart is, there your treasure is. And so he talks about our treasure because he's not really interested or needing any of our treasure or money. What is he interested in? Our hearts. And so in Proverbs, it says it this way. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible says, to honor God or honor the Lord with your wealth to honor him. Dean, you said you felt honored because I gave you that first bite. But it's, and then it says, how, how do we honor the, the Lord with our wealth? With the first fruits of all of our increase. How do we honor God? By giving God the first bite. By giving God what's first. And the way we honor him, the way we put him first. And if we can put him first, I'm convinced, with our finances and our money and trust him with our income, our heart will follow and we can trust him in so many other areas. And so God, knowing this, knew that we were going to need some instruction and some guidance on how can we put God first? How can we honor him? How can, what is this idea of first fruits? And so if you go all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible, we see this. It was an Old Testament command. It's a new covenant principle, kind of a baseline to live by. But this idea of how we could go about this. And you see in Genesis chapter 14, Abraham has just been uh, given this great victory. His enemies have been delivered into his hands. And he does this thing. And it's the first mention 
of this concept I want to introduce to some of us today. You've maybe heard about it, but I want to bring it to life in a very new way this weekend. And so in Genesis 14, Abraham is talking to the priest. God has just delivered his enemies into his hand. Abraham is very aware that God did it. God was the one who provided this victory. And watch what happens. In verse 19, it says, And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by the Most High God, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to the Most High God, who delivered your enemies into your hands. And then Abraham does this crazy thing. It says, Then Abram, who later became Abraham, then Abram gave a tenth, of everything to God. Then God gave Abraham gave Abraham gave God a tenth of everything. And this is uh, in those days, what you have to understand is numerology had significance. Everything had a, a symbol and a feeling. It wasn't just as literal like the culture we live in. And so uh, when you study the Bible, you see different numbers like seven and 40 and all these numbers show up. When you see the number 10 anywhere in scripture, that number 10 represents a whole or it represents a cycle of completion. So 10 is a representation of the whole. And so what Abram did is he took one tenth and he said, I'm going to give a tenth to God representing that I recognize this represents the whole. I'm going to worship God with my increase, with my victory, with my plunder, with my spoils. And that is where we see this idea of the tithe be introduced. And it's this idea that I'm going to recognize everything that I have, even though I may work hard for it, have a really great education and all those things. Everything that I have in my life belongs to God. And so I'm going to make sure that God gets the first fruit. He's going to get the first tenth. And it's a tenth because it's representative of the whole that all of it belongs to God. But I'm just going to give a tenth back. And so throughout the Bible, we see generosity marked by this idea of taking a tenth and giving it to God. And again, it's not because God needs it. It's not because the church is begging for your money. It's because God wants our hearts. And he knows the quickest way to our heart for most of us is through our checkbook or our PayPal account or cash app or whatever you use now. And so symbolically, when we do this, what we're saying is, God, everything I have belongs to you. And so I'm going to bring you back what's yours. And so it's allowing my heart and it's allowing my lifestyle to connect with my words of saying, that is who you are. God, you're the way maker. I worship you or whatever we were just singing. And because followers of Jesus understand a couple of things. As you mature in your faith, you want followers of Jesus know that everything belongs to God. And followers of Jesus also understand that first place is God's place. And so I want to ask the question, as awkward as it might be for some of us, is that true in your finances? Is God really getting first place? And, and, and do we live with this perspective that I'm really aware that everything I have belongs to God and do our actions back that up? And I believe that maybe some of us have been missing out on an intimacy, a blessing, a relationship with God, uh, some, some faith, because we have yet to maybe trust God in this area of our first fruits and our finances. And so I want to talk about this because God is asking for, this really is gross. Uh, God is asking for the first bite, not the leftovers. And so even in our house, in the demo house, this is what it looks like before we pay our mortgage, before we pay a bill, before we get Disney app and Netflix and Amazon Prime and Apple TV. And, and, and then we go on vacation, we pay for our Disney passes. And before we pay for the light bill, we always take our first tenth and we go, this goes to God. It's the tenth. It's before we pay for anything else. God, this belongs to you. And I was fortunate enough to be taught that at an early age. <laughs> My tithe started out as 25 cents because I was getting an allowance of like $2.50. 
But it's this idea of saying, God, you go first. And, and I've noticed that when you introduce this idea, we, we as people, we can get really, really funny about this. Um, and I think it's because there's some perspective that we miss. Because when you, I am very aware that when I stand in front of an audience and say, hey, God is saying you should honor him with the first 10% of your wealth, income, and increase. Some of you are looking at me like, Pastor, you have any idea how much I make? I'm like, no, don't. It'll depress me. Because to tithe on $2.50 is like flipping God a quarter, no big deal. But what if you, make, what if you made a million dollars last year? You tell me I'm supposed to give $100,000? No, no, no. All I'm saying is God wants your heart. What I'm saying is, would you be willing to honor God with that? Would you give him the first bite? Would you give him the best and see what he will do with it? And sometimes we have a perspective that we're asking, what do I have to give? Not what can I give? We're asking, what do I have to give? Not what has God given me? And so I have some, I have some friends. My team's going to help me. I want to illustrate this and I want to bring this to life. This is an illustration I saw from a friend and I think it's just too good not to share of how this works. And so God is going to start, we're going to honor God with our first fruits of our crops. Now I know most of us aren't farmers, but we're going to take, I'm going to get 10 bags of apples. Is this the best bag right here? So God, I'm going to take a bag of apples. I get my apples and this is going to be God's table and this is going to be our table. So I take the first bag and I'm going to take one bag and I'm going to put it on God's table and God gets one bag of apples. But then I get nine bags of apples. This is awesome. And God's not done providing. He's going to bring me potatoes. So I take the first bag of potatoes, the best bag of potatoes, and I put them on God's table. So now God's got a, a bag of potatoes, but I get to keep nine bags of potatoes. We can set these over here, you know, wherever, anywhere. And see, God's not done because he knows he needs to provide and he wants me to bless other people. And so now we have, what do we got here? Cabbage. So we got, this is the best one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The cabbage. We got cabbage coming out. You know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Cabbage goes good in soup or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> cabbage. Is, so one for, one for God. And then I get to keep nine bowling ball cabbages. Let's just put some of these in the back over here. Have you noticed how much rougher Joseph is with the food than Pastor Cindy? It's, it's, it's uncanny. One of my other favorite snacks, carrots. Oh, Jesus, I love it when you bring carrots up into my life. But I'm going to make sure that you get this first. So I'm going to give you the first bag of carrots. And then I get to keep nine bags. So God's table has the one bag, and I got nine bags. And now we got celery. Oh, we got carrots. Celery. Another great snack that goes with peanut butter. Anybody do peanut butter and celery? Yeah. Did you got anybody else when your kids do the ants on a log? You put the peanut butter in there, and then the raisins on it. And then you realize ants are gross, and I don't like raisins. And then you just take it off, and you're, you just really want peanut butter and celery. So another fruit that or vegetable. It goes really good with um, peanut butter. And we got peppers. If we're going to be grilling, we need peppers, right? Chop those up, throw them on the grill. Uh, everything's a little bit better. Men, amen. We need to have apparently a grilling message soon or <laughs> workshop. So I get one pepper. God gets nine peppers. Ooh, anybody know what this is? This is delicious. Papaya. Papaya on fire. Uh, doing all right over there? Uh, so I'm going to take my papaya and God has blessed me. He's brought this into my life. So I'm going to make sure God's table gets one papaya. Is there one underneath the table? You think so? There is. All right. I'm not going to crawl underneath there. And then, oh yeah. One of my favorites, pineapple. This is now we talking now. See, this is, this is how you know a good pineapple, yellow on the bottom, a little green at the top. This is ready to go. Um, but I'm going to make sure the first one goes on God's table and then I get to keep nine. Let me help you. <laughs> Here goes Joseph again. <laughs> and then, ooh, yes. <laughs> Is this the best one? Pomegranate. Have you ever worked so hard in your life for such little food? <laughs> if you want a really good pomegranate, you got to go to South or Central America. So we got our pomegranate. Our, our pineapples are falling all up over the place. But we got it. So I'm going to make sure that God gets the first pomegranate. But then I get nine pomegranates. 
Sometimes God brings so much into your life that there's not even room to hold it all. And then we got, oh, this is my favorite fruit. Did you know this is my favorite yeah, fruit? This, said I said that out of the four services, right? Yeah. Um, this is my favorite fruit in the whole world right here. Mango. This is, this is the deal. Now, I didn't know I would have to say this when I moved here, but we didn't steal this from your tree. Uh, <laughs> apparently, that's a thing down here. If you have a mango tree, you never get your mangoes because someone else gets them. But we bought these. Uh, so I'm going to make sure the mango that we bought, God gets his mango. Even though I really would love to have all God, I, I, I just want to remember that you brought this mango into my life. And then lemons, because God knew something needed to be added to water. Um, <laughs> So we got our lemon. Ooh, listen, we can make a little, make a little happy face here. Oh my goodness, it's falling all over the place. It's like there's not even room enough to s store it. Um, so God, I got my lemon. Now we got bags of oranges. Yes. Oh, good luck with that. Um, I'm gonna make sure God gets his first. First and best goes to God. These are good. They haven't been dropped. They're still really tasty. We got, and I get my nine bags of oranges and God has his, his table. So right now we're doing really good because every time something comes in, I get a bonus. I get an increase. My 401k matures, whatever the case may be. I'm going to make sure God gets his table. And then bananas. Again, these are another really good, uh, you need your potassium, keep those, you know, muscle spasms and cramps and also goes good with peanut butter. <laughs> I'm just realizing maybe I don't really like fruit and vegetables that much, but I really like <laughs> peanut butter. We all are learning things in church today, aren't we? But I got God's table. He gets his bunch of bananas. Now we got nine bunches of bananas. Fantastic. Because sometimes God gives us what we need and not what we want. Amen. I mean, nobody's like, oh, broccoli. I can't wait. But nonetheless, I'm going to present this as an offering to God and he's going to get one and I'm going to get my 10 bunches of broccoli. I have a funny story about broccoli. We were at a, I had, the, I had those. Um, you know, I never wanted to eat it when I was a kid because I was normal. Um, and we were at one of those family Christmas dinners. We were all, the, all of us were like six, seven, eight years old. And we had the, the, the uncle that would say, if you don't eat all your food, you don't get to open the presents, to which we would all cry, you know. Um, and then I finally got to the point where I'm like, I had just gotten to the courage where I'm going to eat the broccoli because I want the present. And then one of my other uncles who had a really good intention but wasn't thinking about what he was saying was like, and plus, if you eat the broccoli, you get hair on your chest. And I remember being six thinking, I've seen you with your shirt off. Why would I ever want that? <laughs> I was just about to eat it and you ruined it. So, but we're going to give, we're going to give God his broccoli anyway. And then, oh yeah, last but not least, red grapes, a good, hard, crispy, crunchy red grape. And I, now I'm going to make sure God gets his bag of grapes. And then I get nine bags of grapes. And now all of a sudden, shocker, Joseph's dropping things. <laughs> it's all right. It was just the broccoli. Phew. The mangoes are safe. Got that? Good? Look at this. Look at this. God's just asking for the first fruit. He's just asking for a tenth. And sometimes we look at it and we go, I can't believe, God, you want all this. And maybe we should just turn our head for a minute and not look at God's table and look at our table and go, I can't believe how much you've brought into my life. And because we haven't been very good at being rich, yeah. And because we haven't been very good at being rich, we have no margins. So the minute something comes up, we don't know where it's going to come from. We need to create margins so we can be a blessing. I mean, this is, I could almost like hide back here. This is so, it's almost as tall as me. And I could be like, hey, I found something to bless you with. <laughs> Notice how quick I am to give away the broccoli. Here's the reality. God hasn't even blessed this yet. And this is what it looks like. And this is what God is saying. He's like, I just want 
the first fruit. I want the first tenth. I just want you to be willing to, to remember me that I'm the one who provides this. And if you will give me this, and here's the reality, and here's what we need to know. God can do way more with 90% than you'll ever be able to do with your 100%. There's a principle. There's a, there's a principle. In, in, and if you haven't figured this out yet, most of the stuff that God asks us to do in the way to live as a Jesus follower doesn't make sense to the world around us. If you haven't figured that out yet, you soon will. Whether it's how you spend your time or your money or the way you forgive or the grace or the way that you love or who you include or sex and sexuality or money or I mean hot topics, not hot topics, any of it, almost anything. And so, of course, this doesn't make sense because God said my kingdom's not of this world. But there is an intimacy. There is a, something that happens to your faith. There's a relational depth and there is a trust issue and there is a blessing that comes when you live under this umbrella of I'm going to give God the first fruits. I'm going to give him what's first. I'm going to give him what's best. And, and rather than give God the leftovers, we go, wow, God, I want you to have all of that. Dave Ramsey says it this way, that you don't even need a miracle. Most of us don't need a miracle in America to live off of 90 percent. We just need to be a little wiser. And most often, again, this isn't true for everybody, but most often when we, we feel like we don't have enough, it's usually not because we have a money problem. It's because we have a spending problem. And for a lot of us, if we would just stop buying things we don't need to impress people we don't like, we would be fine. <laughs> right? Like we're trying, to, we're trying to fit in with a group of people we don't even get down with. You know what I mean? Like we don't even like them. It's like, ah. God says it this way, and I want to show you this because there's, such a, there's a fascinating story here in the, in the Old Testament, and there's a principle where God is, has been calling his people back to him. So the, the people of God, God has given his words, he's given his, his decrees, he's given the commandments, and again, it's not so much like a, you have to do this, but God, as a loving father, gave his words so we have the best possible way to live, and the, the children of Israel, they know it, but since the garden, we have decided that we know how to define good and evil better than God, and so we make up our own rules versus trust him that he knows what's best, and so they've been doing everything except what God says for generations and for centuries. And so God keeps calling them back, like, live like my people. Remember how I said to be, marriage should look. Remember how I said you should treat each other. Worship me. Don't have other gods. He's been calling his people back and they keep getting it wrong. And so God sends the prophet Malachi to once again, graciously, patiently, lovingly call his people back to being his people. And watch what it says in Malachi chapter three, because this is so fascinating. He says, I, the Lord, do not change, which means he's not temperamental. He's not going to be in a bad mood or catch, you're never going to catch God at the wrong time. Like some of you caught your mom or your dad at the wrong time sometimes or your husband or wife. He's like, I don't change. And it's good for you. So the descendants of Jacob or Israel, you followers of God, God's chosen people, you are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees or my way of living and you have not kept them. And here's his invitation. Watch this. He says, return to me and I will return to you says the Lord Almighty. And this is fascinating. He's saying, come back to being my people. And this is so crazy. And they, he says, but you ask, okay, how are we to return? And he switches the conversation. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But then you ask, how are we robbing you? And this is what God says, in tithes and offerings. And because you are, you are under a curse. Your whole nation is under a curse because you're robbing me. But if you would bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And this is the only place in the Bible that God says this. Try me. Try it. Test me. He says, test me in this. You've been withholding. Just try it for the very first time. Here is the bold promise declaration of God. If you will try it, 
if you will test me, see if I will not pour out so much blessing that there's not even room on the table for all of it to stay. All you, you broccoli can go. <laughs> Just test me. And he says, not only will I bless you beyond what you need, I will also protect what comes in. Not only will I give you more so you can be a blessing, but I will, I will keep the pests away. I will make sure all of your fruit ripens on the vine. That's what he goes on and says. There won't be, go ahead and go to the next verse. He says, I'm going to keep the pests away. I'll rebuke the devourer in your sake. I will do something that I can only do if you operate underneath this, this channel, this principle, this umbrella of trusting me. Because again, I don't need your 401k, I don't need your, your tithe, I don't need your pineapple. You know what I want? I want your heart. Because if I have your heart, I can do things that you know not of. Because only one person can run your life, either you or me. It can't be both and. And he's either got all of it or he's got none of it. And it's so interesting to me that when he says, hey, you need to return to me, God could have said, pray more. Or he could have said, worship more or join another small group or serve more on the church. But he doesn't. What does he say? Return to me what's mine. Re remember that I have everything I have, you have is given to me. And so when we bring our 10% to God, you find that your heart is naturally directed to God. And so when I have the ability to go, God, now nah, you can have that. When I have the ability to go, God, here's your table. Here's what's yours. My heart follows my stuff, my wealth, my possessions, my money. So you're actually automatically getting closer to God when you give your tithes and offerings. Why? Because your heart follows your money. I don't think we will ever mature past that. And so it's a regular practice we put in to go, God, this just makes sure you stay Lord. This makes sure I recognize. And remember two weeks ago, we talked about that migration of hope. This is what makes sure that my hope doesn't migrate where I think, I went and I worked for this and I provided all this. No, God, you are my provider. So God asks for the first and God asks for the best. And I already said it, but God can do way more with your 90% or 88% or 85% or whatever than you'll ever be able to do with your 100%. And here's, here's the crazy part, because here's what happens. We, don't, we aren't good at living in margin because, again, we buy stuff we don't need to impress people we don't like and all that other stuff. And now all of our favorite shows are on different apps. And so it's ridiculous. And so we don't have much margin and we're okay. We're doing all right. But then it's, you know, the car breaks down or the kids need braces or college is going to be more than we thought. Or there's these financial things that happen that the stock market tanks and all of a sudden things get really tight. And the temptation is to go, well, gosh, I'm giving all this to God. If, you know, I don't really, I don't want to change my lifestyle or I don't want to be open. And so we actually take from God's table and we go, well, this, I now need to provide some other new things and I'm going to do it. And what we're doing is not only are we taking from God's table, but we're migrating our hope and taking control of our ability to trust God to do something that only he could do that will increase your faith, do so much for your relationship, explode so many other blessings in your life and go, I'm going to do it myself. And things get tight. And rather than look at all that we have, all we know is like, well, it's all gone before. It's all gone before I even get it. If that's the case, I would suggest you talking to a financial advisor because it doesn't have to be that way. And then we take from God's table and like, well, I got to, you know, we got to have the, the other thing and, and we're not going to be willing to get rid of the vacation or cancel cable for a year or whatever. And so we're taking from God's table because now we have other things that we didn't anticipate. And God is just saying, if you will continue to trust me rather than have your hope migrate, I want to do something unique with this that only I could do. Because remember, the whole migration of hope is that God is the one who promises to take care of us. This is very real for me and my family because uh, about nine years ago when my daughter was born, 
We had an 18-month season of our life where we were in debt. We were not just in debt. Our budget was in the red every single two-week period for 18 months. We were in ministry. We weren't getting paid a lot of money. My daughter was born. There was an insurance thing that happened, so we had to hit two deductibles through her pregnancy. Then she was born, and so we were. Uh, she, she had some stuff, so she had physical therapy every day. We were driving an hour uh, one way, three times a week for a chiropractor, and then physical therapy. And every and I'm a numbers guy. I'm, a, I'm an economics guy. I was a math major in college. I crunched the numbers. We aren't eating out. We aren't going out to, on dates. We aren't going to movies. We don't, don't have cable. We aren't doing anything that costs any extra money, and they're still just not enough. And I, I, I hated it. I mean, I'm working hard. I feel like I'm able to produce. I'm like, we're serving God. I'm like, what's the deal? We serve you. We work in the church. What more do you want? And it was so tempting to do this, but we made a decision that we're not going to take from God's table. That it would have been, honestly, if we would have taken from it, it would have, it would have financially or numerically solved the problem. But you know what it would have done? It would have created a whole nother problem. Because now I'm trusting in me versus trusting in God. And what I didn't know that God wanted to do in that season was something he'd never done in my life is he wanted to take care of me and elevate my trust on a whole nother level that he never could have done had I not gone through a season where I had to trust him. And so every single time, the money didn't, wasn't there. The budget was red. And I'm telling you, I have journal entries for 18 straight months, 36 straight pay periods. Every single time, God provided in some new way, never the same way twice, from random cash someone would hand us to a check slid underneath the door to a tax return that was two years old that we didn't know that we were going to get to a, 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 a escrow they forgot to recount to us on a on a refi all the I mean it was every, every single time it was something different something different and I would lose sleep and I would stress but all of a sudden God would provide and God would provide and God would provide and God would provide and I see now that he allowed us to go through that time of tightness not because he wanted us to not have anything not because he wanted to leave us out because as American, I had never actually been in a situation where I had to trust God. I'd heard about it my whole life, but I'd never been like, I don't have it. And I just, I had friends, I could have asked for money, but I just, I felt like God said, just let me show you something. And every single time the money came in, never enough to go on dates. We didn't go buy. I mean, we lived as meager as we ever had. But it did something for me because I got, I remember getting to the point where I would run the numbers again. I'd do my budget. And it would be red, 250 bucks or whatever. And what went from like losing sleep to like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're doing this. Where are you at, God? A year and a half later, I would get to the point, I'm like, all right, God, what are you going to do this time? How are you going to take care of us? It had done something so much for my faith and my relationship with him where I started doubting. And now I'm like, you are a provider. I've never seen anything like this. I can't wait for you to provide. And I'll tell you, as soon as I got to the point where I'm like, oh, I just, I anticipate it. Things changed. I got a raise. I got a promotion, whatever. But God took us through that season. And so, and I really believe it's because we refuse to take fruit off of God's table. What's your story going to be? God's just asking for first. He's asking for the best. This isn't just an Old Testament story, but this is kind of the New Testament, New Covenant baseline of generosity. It marks believers. Jesus said it this way. He was talking about money in Matthew 6 in his first sermon. He says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust and vermin cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. What he's saying is there's, there's more to this life than just what's here now. There's a kingdom at hand and you can be a part of that by trusting God with the first fruits. Real quick, I just want to give you super fast four reasons I think that make this really hard. Four barriers or hurdles to generosity and trust and, and tithing. And I think the first one is fear. I think fear of, I don't know if I can trust. What will, what will this do? How will this change our plans and our goals? Fear will, will make it hard to do this. 
Another one is control. You having to be in control and knowing everything and I wanna know where the money goes and I don't wanna be told where it should go. Control will be a barrier to being able to trust God with your, your wealth, your, with your first fruits. The third one is just greed. Just, I want more stuff. I want, it's never enough. That discontentment we talked about two weeks ago will keep you from this. And the last one is rebellion. Just, I don't wanna be told what to do. Not, you can tell me about how much Jesus loves me, but don't tell me about how to spend my money. It's rebellion. These are, these are things that will get in our heart that will make it hard because the devil does not want you to trust God with your money because it allows you to be experience God in whole new ways. And again, not just giving to get, but it does something for your whole faith journey. We've been talking about the scripture in Timothy where Paul's writing and he's talking to, in, in the event you find yourself rich, which again, to many people in the world, most of us are rich. So rather than be defensive or in denial, we're gonna say, if we are, how can we be really good with what God has given us? And Paul writes this, and this should be a reminder because this is where we were and I wanna finish with the last verse. First Timothy six says this, command those who are rich in this present world, don't be arrogant and don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put your hope in God who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. In addition, command the rich people to do good, be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. And then verse 19, close with this. In this way, when you do these things, you will lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Paul is reminding Timothy to tell the church that this isn't all there is to it. This world, there's an eternity to be gained. There's a kingdom trying to come here on earth. And when we live by that kingdom, we get to be a part of it here on earth and in eternity, that there's more to it than this. You can live by the world or you can live by the kingdom, but they don't really coexist. And he's saying, why not invest in your eternity, store up treasures in heaven, be blessed to be a blessing. And again, we stopped this conversation where we started it three weeks ago. It's not about your checkbook. It's not about your PayPal account. It's about your heart. How's your heart? Two questions to consider as we close. How's my heart? When as min the minute the word of God or the pastor starts talking about money, you're like, nope, not listening. Because it's just not an area. Maybe that's an area where God's saying, if you would only trust me, you have no idea what I'm about to do. We're not, this is not a church where we're asking for your money and we want you to get, we're not doing that. I just want you to experience all that God has for you and become who he made you to be and be able to trust him with everything. How's your heart? And the second question is, what is, what is, your, what is your treasure testifying about where your heart is? If you were to take a really hard look, like, am I trusting God with my finances? Will my treasure tell the story of where my trust is? Will my treasure tell the story about where my heart is dictated? Some of you, you can't even imagine launching into this. Some of you, this is the, God has been speaking to you about this for a while before we even started this series. Some of you, this should be an affirmation that just you're continuing to trust God and you're right where you need to be. I believe somebody's watching this and you were in a season where I was, where you're like, man, we were singing Waymaker and I need God to make a way because it's just tight right now. And I believe that God is, is lovingly reminding you, don't take from my table because I want to provide for you in a way that only I can as a heavenly father. And please don't rob me of that opportunity. It's not about what you can get, give to God. It's what he wants to do in and through you, but he has to have access to your heart. So what's he saying to you? What does this mean for you and your family? What conversations do you need to have? Is there a reevaluation? Is there something that you've been missing out on that God is saying, don't miss this, return to me. Let me bless, let me protect like never before. Let me provide like never before. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you 
that everything that we have is yours. Thank you for the reminder that everything that we have is yours, God, and that, that at your table, you're just asking for the first fruits. You just want what's first and what's best, and then you're going to bless the 90%, and you're going to help us to live off of it. And God, not only are you going to provide for us, but you want us to be a blessing to others as well. So help us to be good stewards of our money. God, I pray that our, our hearts wouldn't close up when it comes to finances and things, but they would be open to you because, Holy Spirit, I believe if, if we will let you have that part of our heart, man, we'll listen to you about anything. God, I thank you for all of the, the generous, faithful people that have, that have just laid the legacy of this church. And God, we want it to continue to be our firm foundation, our legacy, that whether it's in times of plenty or times of, of, of meagerness, that we never stop trusting you with all that you are and with all of your finances. God, we want to honor you with the first bite, with the first fruit. Help us to trust you on new levels like never before. God, we're open to your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray for those who are in need, God, that, that you would provide for them like only you can and that you would continue to bless us only so that we can be a blessing to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.